Welcome to Azure Ability, a podcast for everyone interested in the art and science of developing solutions for the Microsoft Azure platform. Each show brings insight from the folks who know Azure best, including the cloud solution architects who help Microsoft's leading clients devise the most innovative and interesting solutions on the planet, as well as the engineers and program managers who build Azure itself. Listen in and you'll be sure to speed your journey into the cloud. And now your host, Lewis Berman. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Azure Ability. This is Lewis Berman, your host, and I'm very pleased today to be with my friend Kevin Bolin from Bentley Systems, who's going to tell us all sorts of odd things from a client's perspective about Azure, right? He's a booster, but he's my friend, so he's probably going to make fun of me and say all sorts of odd <laughs> things, things too. So before we get into it, I just want to say a few things about Kevin. What can I say about Kevin? He's a bit of a robotics dweeb, right? Isn't that a good thing? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. You know, I can't quite figure out if he wrote me in into a crazy project, which we'll talk about in a little bit for the Franklin Institute, or, or if I roped him in. But somehow, it was a crazy project that consumed a year of our lives. Yes. And what are you? You're like a cloud architect, I think, yep. right? Yep. And cloud so, why don't you say something about yourself? Who the hell are you? Hey, Lewis, good to be here with you. So my name is Kevin Bowen. I'm a cloud architect at Bentley Systems, as you said. Been at Bentley going on 20 years now. I've worked in Azure. He's for, very lazy. He refuses to move anywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right right here. Actually, I have moved. So I've, I've moved for Bentley to New York oh, and, and back. Yeah, that's, so, <laughs> so I'm back here in the headquarters. And so I've been working in Azure and different cloud platforms for a while now. As you mentioned somewhat of a robotics geek, worked at projects with Drexel, with companies like Loco Robo. My daughter, who's now in college, did a lot of their summer workshops with robotics. So, yeah. And the most important Kevin yeah. fact I personally have <laughs> is on the back of my laptop. What does it say back there, Kevin? Yeah. Evil mad scientist. Big sticker that, that Kevin gave to me. And people always look very bemused at whenever I'm walking around with my laptop. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a, robotics. a robotics company. Yeah, oh, it's, it's a robotics company. Yeah, okay. exactly. Okay, so. okay, I knew it was something. Yeah. And that's really great to hear. And so, by the way, I'm using a new mixer board. I just want to do something, right? Yeah. I can do all sorts of weird sounds. I, was, I, was, I hear it switch it in my headset. Yes. So if it turns out that, you know, I was more competent in this stuff, one of these days I'd actually use that stuff for real. But I see the, uh, it's the colors are changing. Yeah. yeah, the yeah. colors are changing. It's very, very, very cool. <laughs> so anyway, the reason why we're really here, aside from your dogs, we'll talk about your dogs too, is to talk about why Azure? And, you know, Kevin is, you're something like cloud architect, right? Is yep. that what it is? And Kevin works for one of the largest Azure consumers on the planet. They use Azure all over the place. And you mostly work in what would be termed managed services. Is that a good, good yeah, way that's of putting it? Yep. And I wanted to get the perspective of a client who uses Azure. And we're not just talking a teeny bit. It's a large and varied amount by, I don't know, there are three and a half thousand people in your company. I'm sure a bunch of yeah. them use it, thousands maybe. So tell me a little bit about it. Why Azure? How Azure? What do you do? So in the managed services space, we work more with IaaS. And Which is infrastructure as a service. Correct. Yep. Infrastructure as a service. And Acronym uh, police, I believe, yep. is the name for that. I should be an acronym police <laughs> there, yeah. officer. Have like a little key chart. For That'd be an acronyms. IPO and uh, yeah. an APO in case uh, <laughs> you wonder. So, yep. and um, so 
a lot of Bentley applications, we have done what we refer to as a lift and shift into the cloud. Mm -hmm. So a lot of things that were on-premise, but have now moved to the cloud. And at this point, for some of the applications, a, a good amount of time, and then we tried to cloudify, as I like to put it, applications in the cloud. So we move them to VMs, get them up and running, and then we try to take advantage of some more of the services that Azure provides to have them work well for our users. Okay. And you use a lot of ARM, I'm guessing? Yep. Azure Resource Management. <laughs> Unless you say I'm being a police officer myself yep. right now. So automation is key for us. We try to automate as much as possible. We've worked on projects together to automate. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And that's really helped us to deliver our services, you know, our products to our users quicker, better, faster. So how do you even learn about Azure? And, and you've probably been doing it for years. When did you start? Let me think, because kind of all blends together. Probably five years ago, okay. roughly. So not at the very beginning, but pretty yeah. early on. Yeah, pretty early on. We probably actually even looked at Azure really early on. We came from different cloud platforms, you know, in particular AWS, and always wanted to use Azure. We have a good relationship with Microsoft, Historically, you guys help us out all the time now, so mm -hmm. and it, it, made, it made a, sense to me, you know, to use Azure. And Bentley is an ISV, right? So it's not your yeah. typical enterprise firm who's consuming Azure exclusively for their use. You're actually giving Azure for other clients, right? And Correct. So, so there's yeah. challenges to that, right? Yeah. So what are absolutely. some of the challenges? So managed services, particularly the space I'm in. We're all about using Azure and to deliver a service to our users globally. Mm -hmm. So yep. we have many, many data centers, right? Azure data centers that we use globally. And it's just the scale and the amount of users that are adopting, I'll call it cloud, and using our services. So we have to adapt to that. I should mention that Bentley, primarily we deal with engineers and architects. There's different technologies that come out that the file formats are larger, so we have to provide storage, compute so, power. So what would be larger in um, your world? Gigs yeah, so any from, in some cases, Yeah, right? gigs, exactly, like a, what we call like an ortho TIFF file. I used to work on-site at a Department of Transportation. What they do, it's kind of cool, in the spring, they'll take an airplane, fly it for two weeks, take pictures of all the highways in mm -hmm. the state of New York. They're big files, right? Graphic files called orthotiff. So they could be... Kevin's hands are any, very wide. He's gesticulating yeah. crazily here. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Big files. And so what they'll do is they'll take that graphic or, you know, what we call raster data in the engineering world and then use that for the rest of the year to redesign highways, to oh. put vector data over that. So there, so yeah, you could have many different file formats in the engineering world, lots of files that all relate to each other. If you're building a bridge, there could be a road, there could be the structural engineering of the data. So, so the point being there is a lot more data comes in. Even now they're using drones to do the same type of work. All that data gets pushed back into our software so that engineers and architects can do their job. Sure. And you have to sling that around to do analytics on it and all yeah. kinds of stuff with that data, more intelligent data. Right? Yeah. If I may give Bentley a plug and, you know, I don't use their products, but I swear Bentley products are everywhere in architectural engineering and mm -hmm. consulting. So I am in a conference room. I can't say the company. 
but there's like a rotation of cool things, right, on a big screen. And up comes a street that looks very familiar to me. And it's a program and it says Bentley. And it turns out that street was in Ohio. No, no, I'm sorry. It was in Iowa, Des Moines, Iowa, you know, where we were doing client meetings. And just like... You must, uh, your software architected it or something, right? Yeah, exactly. So that's one of the amazing things. Again, having been here, uh, you'd be amazed how much everyday infrastructure Bentley software has designed or been a part of. I mean, every road you go down, most of the DOTs use our software. It's it's really amazing at the software and what it's built in the world. I worked on a lot of cool projects through the years. It's amazing. And more and more of this software is in Azure. Right. I mean, correct. Yeah. That is the deal. But it wouldn't be fair to say you're all in Azure. You're in the process of going, even though you've been doing it for five years. Right. So that that is correct. I I will say for particularly what uh, I'm mainly focused on, we we are 100 percent in Azure as of late last year. But but in general, no, you're managed service. Again, the company has three and a half thousand people. and You're an independent software vendor. So. So what were some of the challenges? I'm so sorry. The, yeah, so the other thing is Bentley also has a lot of desktop applications. Yes. So, I mean, yeah. you always have that too. Yeah. yeah, like MicroStation, your flagship. Hi, my name is Gretchen Huebner, and I'm a founder of Codable. Did you know that kids who are introduced to programming early on are more likely to pursue it when they get to college? Codable is an introduction to programming used in over half of U.S. elementary schools. I started Codable because when I was in high school, I had the chance to take a programming class, but I didn't take it because I would have been the only girl. I wanted to give kids the chance to decide if programming is something that they're interested in before they get to high school. Help your kids learn to code. Get started at Codable.com. That's Codable with a K for kids. So tell me some of the challenges you had in getting to the cloud and getting it going. And I assume you're not done with challenges, right? It's no, I mean, we're always looking to enhance things. So the challenge, scale of storage, how to deal with storage, that's, that was definitely a And we're talking challenge. petabytes of storage. But it's not always petabytes, right? You, you have smaller chunks, maybe you yeah, know, terabyte here, gig yep, there, right? Yep, correct. But, but yeah, it depends on the, a lot. the user. Yep. Yeah. So just managing that data... I'm trying to think early on latency now as infrastructure, as far as like internet infrastructure speed, mm. that gets better every year. But even early on, if we go back 10 years, when we start to work with uh, the cloud and just in general with user sites, there's just different routing inf- the way they route and latency. So even from a user side going to over the cloud or over the internet, right? You, we would be introduced with high latency Mm-hmm. And how how do you deal with that? How do you make the software react better? So, for example, if we go back to what we were talking about with files, we have in one of the other main softwares we work with, ProjectWise, we had to introduce Delta File Transfer, So for what example. is ProjectWise, firstly? Yeah, it's a content management system, document management system mm-hmm. to simplify it. And it manages all this engineering content that we just talked about. Really big stuff. Yeah, the really big stuff. We do have users that are small to large, like really large users. Mm-hmm. You know, thousands of users per account, you know, company. And so with ProjectWise, we introduced the Delta file transfer so that you're not pulling that gig file we talked about mm-hmm. or, or even 10 megabyte file you're only doing the diffs, right, between yep. them. And so that really helps with latency, and that really helps use our product. And, and these are the things as we work in a 
if you want to call it a wide area network or now the cloud or, or over the internet, things that we had to you know, adapt to. You're so close. It's a WAN. Say WAN. WAN. You're allowed to use acronyms so I can have the pleasure of telling yeah. you. You oh, use an acronym. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only kidding. So basically, what tools in Azure do you tend to use? I mean, to do things. You use the portal, I imagine, a lot, yeah. but also... The, the portal, I feel like now there, there's uh, so many tools, so which, which one to pick? I mean, maybe... Tell me about, like, for instance, you have ARM templates, right? You yep. do, and you have PowerShell scripts. You How yep. do you repository them? How do you play around with them? Yep, so we use Azure DevOps. We write a lot of PowerShell for everything from ARM deployment, right? So that's yep. the automation of building the environment. But then we also use PowerShell for the application. So we have mm-hmm. commandlets, if you're familiar with PowerShell, that are built into the application themselves. Mm-hmm. We use the native Azure commandlets to do various functions in, in Azure. So we're doing everything from the application layer to native Azure automation. And we store them at Azure DevOps. And we work with multiple departments, with even in Bentley, to collaborate and either write a script from the ground up or enhance each other's scripts. So we... we very much work in a team that way. And are these native scripts or do you do desired state configuration for IaaS boxes? What do you do script-wise? So we script everything from software upgrades mm-hmm. to ARM deployment templates, right? We, yep. we use a lot of them within the application. We will do the deployment of the application and configuration mm-hmm. all through PowerShell and just different ARM templates. We'll use sometimes the native template, but then we usually modify it so much and keep it in our uh, Azure okay. DevOps, which which used to be VSTS, which and is another acronym. Yes, yeah. VSTS, which became VSO, which became or Azure VSO DevOps. became VSTS, <laughs> became Azure DevOps, and yep. you know we're very good at naming at, mm-hmm. at Microsoft. We don't want to name anything just one time when we name it three or four times yeah, confusingly. Yeah. So thanks for pointing that out. Keeps everyone on their toes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So you also do a fair amount of monitoring, I imagine, and performance stuff, but you work with other parts of the company too to do that, right? Right, yeah. So we have different alerts. We'll, we'll use some native Azure. We use third parties as well, like uh, SolarWinds, for example. Mm-hmm. And then, right, that's that's other parts. And then it will be escalated up to my team if you see any kind of alert come in. We sure. also have scripts to give high availability, that kind of thing, through a script. So if we see X action happen, we try to automate the response to that. Uh, you, so, so what scripts? do you guys do about cost? I know you guys are very cost conscious. What yep. sort of things, aside from yell at me and uh, <laughs> yeah. give us more for less. Do better, right? Do better. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we're always looking at cost. We want to make sure that the VMs or just the infrastructure in general that we are running is being utilized, that something's not built and just sitting around. So we have various things where we look at cost. Uh, kind of goes back into the utilization if VMs are still needed. So we'll, we'll do um, mm-hmm. capacity management type of reports and the like to try to reduce cost that way. Going back to storage, we'll use different Azure storage technologies that we look like into. files versus blobs? Is yeah, that exactly. what you're talking about? Or yeah, premium exactly. versus... Uh, or just native disk. Yeah, okay. exactly. And try to get to different levels there. To, so to the funny thing about native disk, and it turned out I just had a whole way conversation with one of your colleagues about files, which is an SMB 3.0 compatible yeah. sort of uh, thing. Apparently you had a meeting with this gentleman who I won't uh, name. Yeah. I, I, uh, Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Beforehand. And so 
Azure just has a lot of different choices for that. How do you even navigate and decide which way to go? Yep. So we have another department that we work closely with. When I say we, my department, and we look at the different IOPS and what, what's needed, for example. Mm-hmm. What's an IOP? That, that's a good question. I don't I even know what it stands for. It's operations, internet operations. Input, output, right? So Yeah, input, output, P. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then, so we'll, we'll look at things like that to make sure that as we move to different technology, in this case, we're talking storage, that we meet that bandwidth. So we have our baseline of what okay. IOP and at least, meet that threshold, we are always trying to do better, right? Okay, cool. So we're not necessarily here to talk so much about the technology and stuff. I wanted to mostly get into, so like, how do you work with vendors? Like Microsoft's a really big vendor for you. I mean, yeah. yeah. so what what does that mean? How does it work? We have a big team who works with you, right? Yeah, so it's a big team. Most importantly, you. comes comes Uh, on site. Ah, he's trained (laughs) well. (laughs) Yeah. So, yes, yeah. So it's it's great working with Microsoft that, We've been out to Redmond at least at least yeah. once, maybe twice. Yeah, yeah, and, good, I, yeah. and actually, you didn't attend, but there was an executive briefing. I just came back from Redmond the last week before last. Okay, week, yeah. and you sent out sixteen of your colleagues. Yep. So, to Redmond, yep. So, yep. We have and historically a great relationship with Microsoft. We've been working together maybe five years now. I'm not old enough four, to have worked for four, four years. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long number of years. Microsoft MakeCode brings computer science to life with fun projects, immediate results, and both block and text editors for learners at different levels. With MakeCode, students can build a cardboard air guitar, a magic wand, a milk carton robot, or play with MakeCode Arcade, a retro 80s game development platform. Even make it rain chickens in Minecraft. Visit MakeCode.com to get started. So it's very important to note And this is totally random. The very first desk I sat down when I came here on the very first day was opposite Kevin. (laughs) So he turns out to be a really important guy here, but it it was totally, totally random. (sighs) And actually today was hilarious because I came in and you've moved your office. Yeah. And if I didn't see one of your colleagues, one earlier this morning, I would have... Had no idea. Well, we did that on purpose. <laughs> you, you did it on purpose. Yeah. I, I don't know. Anytime you don't see a guy sitting somewhere, you have to wonder yeah. if something's happened. Right. So, so you weren't showing the door, right? You have yeah, a lovely yeah, office, yeah, yeah. right? So it's, uh, but, it, but it, was, it was one of those near things, right? And so that's damn funny. Let's talk about something else before we get back into technology. So sure. you had this stupid idea, yeah. which was, wouldn't it be great to 3D print a telescope? Yeah. And it's really important to note, you didn't own a 3D printer at the time. No. So how the hell did we end up at the Franklin Institute doing this, teaching kids how to do it? So I'm trying to, I am trying to think. I, I remember this, I went there for, I think, a 3D, right, a 3D print workshop. Okay. And Sam, who we work with, she taught the class. And then maybe I read probably somewhere in like Maker Magazine something like that about a 3D print telescope. And I thought, oh, I kind of combined it all. I know, yeah. I know you, you are the president of the local uh, Delaware Valley called? Amateur Astronomers. Yep. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm the president. Yeah, you're the president. So <laughs> I kind of put my that. My last year, though. Hooray. Oh, oh, there you go. Uh, 2019. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I took that and then, you know, sprinkled a little robotics with Adreno boards. Yep. And then Sam did the 3D print, and and you knew so that, and the, all about the stars. So I think I just I think yeah, it was 
I don't know. This is like one of those things that seemed really, really simple. We're going to 3D print a telescope. And we found the Franklin Institute. Mm -hmm. Then suddenly, you know, it seems silly for two grown men to, (laughs) you know, print telescopes and stuff. So we just said, let's let's teach a class on 3D printing telescopes. And I have a friend who's the director of the astronomical program there, Derek Pitts, astronomer extraordinaire, I guess you could say. And then this thing went on forever. (laughs) You know, every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we just, it never ended. Yeah. So kids printed a whole bunch of telescopes. They learned you know, the code, though. I think that's, they learned I think that's how what to happened. code. Yeah. I think that's what happened. I think you did the like PHP simple. coding. You showed them how to do it, right? Yeah, Adreno and uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just well, different, was, different. You did Raspberry Pi, I think. Oh uh, yeah, right? yeah. We ended up doing the Raspberry Pi at the end. You're, you're yeah. right. Yeah. That, so a lot of it morphed organically, which was cool. I mean, yeah. so the kids learned all kinds of stuff about 3D print coding. You brought optics. Up, yeah, optics. Exactly. You. you Brought all that in. At one point, we even did the Makey Makey, if anyone's familiar with that. Oh, where, yeah, yes. To learn how to code. So we were bringing yeah. in other stuff to... Uh, yeah, and you, I remember in particular, you had a sheet of paper that you made an electrical circuit out of somehow yeah. with a detector and you touched this piece of paper. Yes. And somehow... With a pencil. It, with with, the pen- oh, with yeah. a pencil. That's what it was. Yeah. So the point is, I have a history of being <laughs> led down these weird, weird paths with Kevin. And... Uh, yeah, <laughs> but it was fun. It was a great experience. It did go on um, for a lo- long time, but it was, it was fun. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. And so, you know, I guess that's the whole thing. And I, I think this is really important. Lots of times you have the vendor-client relationship, and we certainly started as a vendor-client relationship, yeah. but, you know, you hang out with people, eventually they're going to become your friends. Yeah. And we try to do the right thing. Happily, I'm in a sales organization, but I don't really get to sell. I get to be complain people that I'm selling you stuff, but I don't really sell anything. <laughs> you get to be techy. I get to yeah. be techy, and yeah. that is fun. At, at Bentley, there's just... A lot, a lot of things. And and I, I didn't even realize this when I was thinking about doing this interview, but this is really only one part of the organization. I should yeah. probably talk to two or three other people yeah, here absolutely. in these sort of things. So what's new in, in the future for you guys in Azure? So I mentioned IaaS, right? We defined yeah. that. So we kind of did this lift and shift. And as we, I'll say, evolve in the Azure cloud, we are looking to use more PaaS, which do you want a good acronym, please? You want to uh, acronym, please? <laughs> no. uh, hold on a second. I have to press one of these buttons. Wow, no, that, I don't, really, I don't that, that really works. I don't hear that sound just so you know, okay. that's fine. So that yeah. got recorded. I'm going to have to do this again, listeners. Sorry about this. I didn't have Kevin on the monitor, so... Okay, there you go. So was, was that good? Was yeah, that fun? Good. Yeah, good for you? Yeah. The, I'm using a lovely Rodecaster desk, which I literally just got yesterday. It's huh. much easier than the previous ways I've been doing podcasts. And it has all these gigas, but I should probably, there should be like a, you know, there's these big square buttons that are lit up. They're so inviting. You want to touch them. I, yeah. I have to really lock them away. or I'll Hold back. Hold back. Yeah. So, you know. You're, so you're you're trying to do more PaaS stuff go, going yeah, forward? A, yeah, to more native services and, in general. Yeah. And what about networking and stuff? You guys are mostly on the public internet. Is that correct? Or are you also uh, VNetting and express routing with people? Uh, yeah, mostly public internet, you know. Okay. And we use just certificates and, and secure it that way over the internet. But Good. Yeah. Which, which turns out to be a great way to do it. People don't like to do application level sort of stuff. But I guess because you guys are ISVs, 
you tend to do things. Yeah, and, at the application layer. And it, yeah. It's just, yeah, it works for us, right? So. Absolutely. So what have you done to learn Azure at all? I mean, I know you, you <laughs> tend to do a lot. You tell me about stuff, but what do yeah. you do? I mean, docs.microsoft.com, the docs page is, is mm-hmm. really great. As you know, and probably people listen to this podcast, Azure is constantly changing, which is a good thing. Almost, well, not almost, it's weekly, right? I didn't notice. Yeah, I weekly. didn't notice. It's a surprise. So it's trying to keep up with that. You know, uh, the Ignite. So I'm just trying to think of like you the mean latest. conferences and stuff? Yeah, looking at the conferences online after the fact from Ignite. So yeah. they were all posted, available. I guess when we logged in, so mm-hmm. that was really good information. Trying to fit all that in, yeah. and then whatever we're looking for, just kind of just reading up on it, seeing what's changed. Working with Microsoft in our case, where we can see what's coming in the future, so we can kind of plan and, mm-hmm. and be strategic about it. So that yeah. that's all been really great. That actually almost merits a side note. So I'll give a side note. Okay. It is Bentley is a major client, and so we have a relationship with them that we release things in an NDA sort of sense, right? And uh, what's NDA mean? I yeah. I should be a better uh, uh, acronym police non, guy. Non-disclosure agreement? Non-disclosure agreement. That's why I said the future things. The I don't future it, I'm not things. So I haven't done an NDA. Well, we just did a, an executive briefing where we it's sort of like a massive NDA briefing, but I haven't done a roadmap briefing in a couple of months here. The last one I had had 293 pages, and I assure you it was abbreviated. (laughs) (laughs) So it's generally important to note that in Microsoft, there's the stuff that's here. There's the stuff that is coming along relatively soon, and there's stuff on the roadmap going forward. And what people may not understand is that the number one influencer of that roadmap going forward is companies like Bentley. Kevin has influenced the roadmap, but you know, I've taken many things from him and I've worked with his ops teams. We've taken information from that and that all ends up in the product, right? Yeah. So Yeah, it's really cool because we um was just Friday. I spoke to one of the program managers for a product that we're looking to use. So Okay. It's really good to have that accessible. Are you allowed to say which product? Is it a public product or? No, it was your and, product. You were on the call, if you remember. Oh, oh yes. I'm sorry. We we do a lot of this yeah, stuff. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it is, no, I can't talk about it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's good. Yeah. That's the key point. It, it, right. it, it is good. You know, and of course, people on the listen to the podcast will, of course, be working with companies at all, all sorts of levels. But sure. it is, as a general rule, Microsoft likes to engage with customers and to your feedback. We used to have one screwed up notion that we knew what the hell we were doing at one point. And that wasn't the best thing. It turns out you, dear listener, know a lot more than us what should be produced. And we should pay more more attention going forward. So I don't know. This has been really, really great. You know, yeah. it is. I'm a little bemused. You know, you can't see my face, but I'm cracking up. Because <laughs> yeah, my buddy's here. And, uh, but you didn't just, ask me about my dogs. We have to talk I want to talk about oh, okay. it's, it's Gracie and uh, Diesel. Diesel. Yeah. Yes. Boxers. Boxers. Well, I don't want to talk about your dogs. I want to talk about like your pictures of your dogs. And Uh, he has a daughter. He's had a normal (laughs) life. You know, I swear the most prominent thing is the dogs. Tell me about it. Yeah. So I work with, I'm a part of Adopt a Boxer Rescue. So (laughs) I like, like, that's an actual Adopt a Boxer Rescue. You just see a banner. Yeah. It's a, it's a nonprofit. So we actually don't have a building. We rescue dogs from all up and down the East Coast. And they actually live at people's houses. So a lot of times I'll actually have three dogs, which is a foster dog. 
and then, and then, and then we <laughs> either course. rehab them. They live with me for a little bit. It's always hard to see them go, but throughout the whole organization, there's many dogs that get adopted and rehomed. So it's it's good. Are they I, Azure dogs? Uh, That's what I want to yeah, know. Yeah, I'll have to ask them when I go home if they uh yeah if they Azure. They should yeah. be checking at docs.microsoft.com. Yeah, I or yeah. or dogs.microsoft.com. They, maybe they, maybe they there's do a link my there. house when I watch you know fun technical YouTube videos or, or just videos in general, and they're usually right there, so they probably do know a, a thing or two. Cool. Yes. Well, so I'm going to ask you one more thing, and then we'll, we'll we'll wrap this up. Sure. If Microsoft could do fill in the blank, Azure fill in the blank, what yeah. would that be? Hmm. What well, would be like a cool feature? What would be a cool feature? Let me think. I'm putting this them on the spot. Is, yeah, I'm probably going to edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> or for, not. For the maybe, I'll, maybe I'll just leave you there being uncomfortable trying to come up with something. Yeah. So I would say if I had to have one feature in general would be, I mean, you kind of already do it now with, with the, the Azure files coming out is yeah. like a storage area network native appliance in the data centers globally. You mean with ACLs and yeah. access and, and, and SMB 3.0 stuff? Exactly. Native, right? Got that, it. That could just scale. That would, got it. That would, uh, well, we're trying. Just, yeah. just to be clear, though, the cloud is some milliseconds of latency away from you, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's we, it's we haven't solved yeah. physics yet. Right. right. Well, that'd be good. I mean, that would be a good feature. I'm working too. on it. That would I'm be working good on it. You know my off hours. <laughs> so anyway, it's been my pleasure to talk to my buddy, uh, yeah, Kevin Boland, cloud architect at Bentley Systems. And, you know, keep your heads in the clouds. We'll catch you next time. Bye. You've been listening to Azure Ability, a podcast for everyone interested in the art and science of developing solutions for the Microsoft Azure platform. Be sure to visit our website, azureability.com, for show notes, helpful links, and other episodes. We'd also love to receive your questions and comments. On behalf of your host, Lewis Berman, and the many friends of the podcast, thanks for listening.